digital space. I'm Vinny Driscoll. I'm the digital content director at ASI, and I'm thrilled to have as guests two people who are lucky enough to spend the better part of this week in Chicago at the ASI show. Nate Kuzma and Chris Ruvo. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, man. Yeah, and, you know, as we were talking um, before we started this space, you know, it's always an adventure flying these days. Um, but before we get started, I want to encourage anyone who has any comments or questions to hold it until the end. Um, if you want to join the conversation, which we encourage people, um, especially those who may have been there. I know Maple Ridge Farms was there. Um, you know, press the uh, request mic in the bottom left-hand corner when we're done. Um, and that'll be about 30 minutes Uh so, all right, gentlemen, let's get the space started. So for those who, you, of us who weren't there, uh, like like myself, yes, you're welcome. For those of us who weren't there, can you give us an overall sense of the 2022 ASI Show Chicago? Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, and listen, I, I, I do work for ASI. People are going to think I'm on the take on this, but it, this is my sincere opinion. Um, I think it was, a, it was a fantastic show with a, um, with a lot of energy. Um, not going to say specific numbers, but, but sale, but sales, uh, attendance was up significantly. I talked to probably close to 35, 40 suppliers, just conversationally, uh, the vast majority, if not every one of them were extremely happy with the conversations they were having. I talked to a bunch of distributors too. They were saying the same things. Um, everything from, they were just happy to be, you know, in person feeling, seeing, feeling products again, um, to just having quality conversations or they felt like they were getting, you know, good insights for their particular situation from, um, from, from suppliers. So um, that is not my ASI employee take. That's the feedback that I, I, I got firsthand from, from people. So I feel like it was a very positive experience overall for, for the industry. What about you, Nick? Nate, no. there. I think Nate, he was having some issues earlier with um, his mic. But Chris, to echo your sentiment, yeah, um, it looked like a very energetic show. And I know that you can't really pick up energy just by watching videos and looking at pictures. But to me, I feel like from what I saw, there was a lot of excitement. You know, uh, well, there was. Hey, Vin, can you, know, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, okay. What I, what I was saying was. We had over 4,200 people attend the Chicago show this year. How much was um, that up? I was up significantly from last year. Double-digit percentages. Double-digit percentages from last yeah. year. Um, we had, it, it was, I mean, honest to God, it was, we had, we had over 500 people on the, on the uh, party cruise that we put out there. That's, I mean, you know, that's as good as we had pre-pandemic for events like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm not, Lying, the show floor was busy all day on Wednesday. I mean, it was mm-hmm. packed solid, and even for the better part on Thursday, and the last day at any trade there, show, there, there was a lot of activity on Thursday too, right, Nate? Like, yeah, there like was. sometimes you you could see tumbleweed blowing down the aisles at, at certain trade shows on on a second or third day, and that was not the case. Was it as packed as Monday or as, as Wednesday? No, but it, but there was a lot of activity still into the afternoon on uh, Thursday as well. Yeah, and the great thing is that Wednesday kind of sets you up for success. Wednesday set us up for a, huge, a very successful show, and and I'm and like Chris said, I am not on the take. Everybody that I talked to, and I talked to a lot of people, um, said it was an absolutely amazing show. Mm-hmm. 
one of, one of the one of the things I heard consistently from distributors and Vin just stop me from going on too long was just that uh, was that they they felt and I think I referenced this earlier that they felt like they were able to have good I, I heard it's a it's a, a big enough show to where I could I could see a lot of different types of products and talk to a lot of different types of suppliers but it was also manageable in the sense that I could get to where I wanted to get to and actually have conversations with a supplier instead of just scanning and grabbing a catalog or scanning and you know getting a digital catalog whatever it might be there was actual interaction for a distributor's particular situation and that's beneficial for the suppliers of course too because now they've they've acted as a solution provider and maybe put themselves in position to support that distributor going forward so it's it seemed like overall it was a it was a very good show yeah i mean from what i've seen and again i wasn't there i'm just you know reading what i see online um looking at the videos uh you know the pictures it seems like there was a lot of excitement now we talk about um you know a lot of distributors uh, walking the floor. There was palpable excitement. Now, how much of that do you think is attributed to, this is potentially the first trade show for a lot of people. You know, I think, you know, it's not the first trade show for us since the pandemic started, but it's potentially the first trade show many people have attended since 2019. Did, did you get that sense that this was the first one for a lot of people? Um. So, you know, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit jaded on the whole welcome back thing. I think we had that last year. I think the last year was right. really the welcome back party and everybody who was there. It was a di this year, actually, last year, last year felt very unique. Last year felt like literally a coming back to society <laughs> yeah. party, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, just, just to be straight up honest, I didn't really feel that as much this year. This one felt like, like last year, Vin, I'll be honest, in people's eyes, if we had a trade show, no matter what it was, it was going to be a success. And I really do mean that. That wasn't the case this year. We actually had people, the people that were there were there with a very important purpose this year. And that was to drive business and to find products that are in stock that they can sell now. It wasn't so much a reunion. Last year, you saw hugs, yeah. you saw everything. You saw high fives because they hadn't seen people in two years. I didn't see that as much this year. I saw excitement, but the excitement was much more what I would expect from a trade show. And by the way, I'm happy about that because mm -hmm. that means that right. people were there for the reasons that I want them there. I want them there to celebrate and to be together, but I also want them there to drive their business. And that's what they were doing. Yeah, that's great to hear because last year, like you said, was more like, hey, this this pandemic is waning, even though it doesn't seem to be going away even a year later. But it was like, hey, we're returning to normal. I haven't seen people in two years. That, that was kind of like a novelty feeling for everyone. Now it's back to business. We want to start, um, you know, living our lives. Normally, again, business is back to the way it was in 2019. So that's great to see. I, I love that, you know, that the pictures kind of and the videos were were showing me packed floors, um, you know, a lot of excitement. So to me, back to business is a good thing. Um, now, Chris, I want to talk to you specifically. I know I'll talk to Nate about this as well. But you were on the front lines of Education Day, and the classes the classes looked well attended as well. What were some of the standout courses that you covered or attended? Yeah, um, I th from what I from what I, from what I experienced, the classes were very well attended. We had large, we were back in large rooms, and they were they. Were Prominently filled. Um, people seem to be engaged. I, I covered um, several. Uh, one that really stood out for me was um, uh, uh, classroom Jay Bissell. Uh, he's 
industry veteran of about 30 years um, and now runs a, a kind of a consultancy, a, a, a marketing and social media consultancy for the industry. And he spoke on, um, you know, why you need a, a LinkedIn business page, you know, for, for your business, e- even if you're a solo entrepreneur, no matter what the size of your business is, it, he, he made the case that you need a business page. He went through a variety of reasons for that. Everything from it's going to help with search engine optimization to it's going to, you know, help you connect with and, and, and attract um, clients and prospects. And after kind of making the case for why you need it, he, he laid out, you know, things you can do to really have a strong profile that helps you to, um, to stand out and kind of build your brand in that realm. And that seemed to resonate with, with, with a lot of people. Yeah. Jay attracts a big crowd, you know, um, whenever I'm there and I see his classes, they're standing room only, um, you know, just like, uh, Cliff Quicksell, you know, mm-hmm. you know, these are, the guys that have been doing it a long time, they really know oh, Cliff, Cliff, not to interrupt you, was, um, I, I, he was another class I, I covered, again, very well attended. Um, Cliff, you know, Cliff gave people a formula if they wanted it um, to really go out and improve their sales and their profitability, like, like right away without even getting new customers. And the way that he did this was he kind of gave you this approach for – determining the lifetime value of your client, really figuring out what that client's lifetime value is to your business. Um, it's more than just immediate sales. There's a whole variety of factors to take into account. Things like, you know, do they, can this, per, can this, uh, can this customer refer you to others? Does this customer, you know, pay on time? Are they relatively low uh, stress to deal with stuff like that? And he said, once you kind of know who those best customers are, you tar- you target them um, more than you already are with your marketing and sales efforts. And, um, he said, you know, you do that and you kind of let some of the bad customers go by the wayside. You're going to, you're going to add to your sales and your profitability. Again, it was a lot more in depth than I just summed it up, but he kind of gave you that formula and people walked out of there with like, wow, if I'm willing to put in the work, I can, I can really make something special happen. Yeah. We really do provide a lot of great speakers in that sense. And Cliff is there at every show and, and he's, he's a must see, you know, in, in terms of, of education date. Nate, did you make it to any, uh, educa- education classes? Uh, no, I did not. I, the only, you know what? I, that's a lie. I made it to one education class because I was uh, joined by Chris Ruvo and Joe Haley on stage for it. But I mean, te- <laughs> technically, that was the uh, final day keynote presentation that I was honored to give with these with these uh, with these two gentlemen. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I, I wanted to talk about the uh, keynote panel that we did uh, with mm-hmm. the industry experts on. I, I believe it was Wednesday. Um, now, one of the final takeaways, Kristen, you wrote up a story, and it's on ASICentral.com right now, yeah. is that um, now is the time to raise your prices. In fact, we've got um, Ross Silverstein um, going on record saying that. like, it, Now is the time to raise your prices. Everyone mm-hmm. else is doing it, so why shouldn't you do it? Can you tell us a little bit more about this takeaway? Yeah, I don't think it was anything like um, maybe that people – didn't know, but it's 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 nice to, to to kind of hear it affirmed. I mean, the reality we all know that inflation is is at runaway forty year highs at the moment. We're dealing with that in our in our personal lives, um, and in the in the B two B sector, um, in similar inflation is occurring occurring right. And um, kind of the point that Ross and, and others made were that you know as 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 promo distributors are experiencing you know, increased prices for products from suppliers for understandable reasons. Um, the distributors have to increase their the prices to, um, 
to end buyers because the, 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 the reality is that if you don't and you start to erode your margins, um, it's, it's going to be tough to get that back once you, once you concede it, number one. And if you get into a pattern of conceding margin, um, your, your business is not going to be viable for very long. So he said, you know, it, it's, people are aware this is happening across the marketplace you know, he wasn't saying price gouge, of course. He was just saying make it so that you can maintain your margins where they're at. You have to price in a way that maintains your profitability. And a, and, a, and a kind of a corresponding point to that is you're able to, you should be able to do that in a lot of cases if you're really providing value for, for, your, for your clients and not just coming to you because, you know, you're the, you're the bottom dollar guy. They're coming to you because you can consult them and give them solutions that work. And I agree. I think there, you know, I'm 50 years old in my time, you know, in, in my professional life, there's not a better time where you can raise prices and have somebody question you. Like everybody's raising prices. We're all paying more for everything and nobody's going to question if you if you raise your prices. Uh, it's just, this is just the new reality, you know, inflation. Um, there's a lot of challenges, um, in, in almost every aspect of, of business today. So raising your prices, you know, people aren't going to really question that, especially if, what you said, Chris, you know, if you're providing a consultative service as well. Nate, mm -hmm. did you uh, attend the, the keynote panel? Yeah, no, it was, it's always great to attend these. That, just, just to hear what it's like from different perspectives in the industry. You know, you, I mean, you read a lot in Counselor Magazine and online, right? But to actually hear these people speak in person about the challenges mm -hmm. they're facing and what they perceive to be as the near-term outlook for the industry, um, pretty pretty interesting. So what did you hear? So, I mean, really what you heard is that overall, 2022 is looking like a damn good year. Um, you yeah. know, it's, not, it's, it's not that there's not challenges in there. Are, I mean, the challenges are, are rampant. I mean, I think it's vital that people have to um, plan ahead and that was made very very clear on this but you know there's product that is available um, people might have to be a little bit more flexible but products available and that you know by what you just mentioned earlier about passing on the costs you know it's not necessarily going to you know you know people's order counts may not be increasing right mm -hmm. um, but the prices that they're getting from those orders are increasing and that's going to help drive growth in our industry as well when we start looking at the end of year numbers next year. Yeah, and I want to I want to make a couple points on that. Um, that just dovetail off what Nate said. Um, yes, is the fact that prices for product increased due to inflation is that helping bolster top line sales? Um, yes, it is. So, like the 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 kind of formula there would be if I sold the same amount of product this year as I did last year, I'd still be up X amount of percent just because of of inflation, but it is going beyond that. As Nate pointed out, it's not just being driven by inflation. It's, it is being driven by, by, by growing demand that's approaching in a lot of ways, pre pandemic levels. And it's also being driven by the fact that, um, end buyers are more interested on the whole, it seems in buying higher quality products and are spending more on a per order basis. This is according to the panelists because they're looking to invest in quality. That's actually going to drive them ROI. That is all really good news, um, you know, for, for, for our industry, obviously, um, if people want to buy 
higher end, you know, nicer, nicer products that are going to give us higher average order size. And then um, just to, just to throw a couple numbers at this, um, Ross from I Promote You said that his company's having a record breaking year. They're up about 25% over the prior year. And I think it was about 14 or 15% from 2019, which is the last pre-pandemic year. And uh, Trevor, uh, who heads up um, Logomark, you no know, top 40 supplier, said they're up about 38% for the year. So those are some pretty encouraging numbers that, that from what we've seen maybe speak to a, a very positive industry trend through the first six months of the year. Did you get any um, indication that there was anything spooking anybody about the second half of 2022? Um, you know, I know that, you know, we're reading more about, uh, new variants, um, you know, for COVID, like, did you guys get any sense that there was any hesitation, um, for the rest of the year? I mean, yeah, potentially if there's, if, if, if the, if the country does fall into a recession for sure. Um, but as far as, you know, you know, are the, are the supply chain issues going to be resolved by the end of this year? No, they're not. Um, but I don't know that, you know. I don't, I don't know that this is going to sound horrible, right? I don't know that people are necessarily afraid of a COVID shutdown again. I don't think that that's yeah. even in people's minds anymore. So I think it really just comes down to is interest rates and a recession and, and the impact that will have. But thus far, um, with all of the changes that have been made, uh, everything, business has kind of like brushed them aside. Yeah, um, I, I would I would agree with that largely. Like, you know, there's always, there's always the caveat if we get some wild variant that, that is suddenly you know, God forbid, like more deadly or causing like major sickness again, the way it did at the beginning of the pandemic. Could, could that disrupt things seriously? Yes. But if we main, if we kind of maintain the course we're on where these variants pop up, a lot pe- people get sick, but they ultimately society keeps moving on. Um, then no, I don't think it's going to have like um, a huge impact. In fact, in it just, just not only what the panelists uh, said then, but also just in speaking with some other uh, distributor executives at the show and prior to the show, they, they're really not worried about the end of the year. They're, they're feeling like, okay, could there be some road bumps along the way because of recession? Yeah. Could there, could, you know, there be some more challenges to deal with supply chain likely, of course, but they don't see their particular businesses being derailed by that. And they also feel like on an industry wide basis that there's going to be a lot of business out there for people. Yeah. That's great to hear. I know, you know, I was in this industry in 2008 and, you know, that recession, you know, there was a lot of, you know, doom and gloom when that hit. And I know we've been talking about a recession for a couple months now, and it's good to see that, you know, we're, we're all still kind of bullish on the rest of 2022. Um, now, I got to ask about um, ASI's quick polls. We did a, a series of quick polls with distributors at the end of Education Day. Um, what were some of the topics and results of these surveys? Chris, I know that you had written something about this as well yeah um but, well nate ran the polls but uh yeah i did i did i did report on them and um you know there was there were some encouraging things uh you know d- distributors overwhelmingly said that, that that their sales are up for this year um maybe one of the more controversial topics and, and nate feel free to chime in of course was the um was the made in the usa poll where one of the options on there, I think the question was, you know, are clients feeling <laughs> yeah. more of an interest, right, in made in the USA? And the answer was, I think, I think it was more than two thirds or seven and ten, whatever it was, said yes uh, until they see the price. That is meaning there's a there's a preference for made in the USA. People would like to buy made in the USA. Maybe in a lot of cases they are even buying more, but then in a lot of cases and probably 
the majority there there may be not once they see the price situation there that price can be a deterrent and also the availability of the product can be a deterrent there just might not be enough of it um nate i'm sure has more of that. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think another big one was when we talked about when we asked people um just in general like what are their biggest challenges and you know what there's a variety of challenges like there's not in past years there might be one challenge that people are facing right it might be who knows? And most most often it's just growing their business, right? But this year it's finding products. It's getting products delivered on time. Um, it's find, finding people to hire. Like, you know, it's there's not one dominant challenge. And then, by the way, all of those were nearly tied. It was like it was it was literally like a horse race where they kept on going above, you know, in the live polling. Um, one was ahead. Then the other one was ahead. Then the other one was ahead. It really just kind of speaks to the fact that there are actually um a good a fair amount of um significant challenges facing this industry and again so far we've been over able to overcome them but like distributors and suppliers equally are facing some you know some some challenges yeah yeah i saw the uh you know the results of the that poll um chris had it on asicentral.com and yeah it does seem like there there are a variety of challenges from you know from uh supply chain to you know hiring to you know what was the what was the number one chris i know you you highlighted it in mm -hmm. in your article which was the number one challenge yeah um geez uh i don't have I want to say I, I want to say it was getting products on time was it okay yeah time. i think you're right oh yeah, no yeah. it wasn't it was the um it was the um um the so, like size and frequency of orders, just like keeping oh, okay. orders coming in. Basically, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what okay. it is. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's certainly a variety of challenges that everyone's um, up against. Um, now, you mentioned USA Made, so you know a lot of people seem to be interested in until they see the price point on USA Made. Now, could it <laughs> potentially be that? Man, sorry to cut you off, because I just wanted—I didn't want to put bad information out. It was—it was the size and frequency of orders was the top concern, with thirty-five percent of respondents saying that that was their main worry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that totally makes yeah. sense. Um, now, I was talking about USA Made. Now, um, you know, until you see the price point of USA Made, you know, now you're you're less you're less of a fan of it. But from an end, end buyer's perspective, could USA Made be higher perceived? value as well in terms of a promotional product what are you guys thoughts on that well, yeah. i mean there's, there's data <laughs> there, there, there's data that backs that up we asked in the ad impression study if you got a product that was made in the usa uh how would this affect your opinion of the advertiser that gave it to you and 40 40 some percent of people say they would have a much more positive opinion of the advertiser if they knew the product that they got was made in the usa that same that holds true for environmentally friendly products as well. By the way, so both of those are true. They come with a higher price point, but but among consumers, they also come with a higher perceived value. Yeah, and I think we're gonna be we're gonna be moving more towards, you know, those types of products USA made, um, eco friendly, having a higher perceived value as well. You know, as mm -hmm. you know, the buyers are more interested in, you know, the story of the products uh, than just you know making the sale you know i think there's there's interest there and i think that's going to go a long way going forward um again we're talking to nate and chris they were at the asi show chicago this week um a couple more questions gentlemen and then i'll let you go i know it's friday nate i know you're on vacation next week and you're excited to get started i'm sure you've got some cold beer ready to go 
I do not know. I have. I am working until the end of the day today. Then I'm packing the car and I'm going to bed. <laughs> nice. For an, for an early morning trip tomorrow that does not involve getting on a damn airplane. Good for you. <laughs> Where are you going, by the way? Uh, Outer Banks of North Carolina. Okay, so you're so you're sticking to your your creature of habit. Um, so that's good to, to know. Where are you going, Duck Corolla? You going down south? What? Yeah, Nag said. Okay, cool. All right, so a couple more questions. Um, so what were some of the products um, or anything that's uh, that was on the show floor that really stood stood out to you guys? Mm-hmm. Chris, go for it. You want me? Okay. All right. Sure. Um, I mean, there were so many. One that just immediately jumped to mind when you asked that um, had had to. You mentioned the story, right? Stories behind products, and there's a supplier called uh, Fillet Forward. I think they're based in Ontario, and they produce their um, reusable water bottles in in New York. Um, and what made their kind of story so interesting to me is on each one of their water bottles, they have a um, a QR code. And every time you use the water bottle, they encourage you to scan that code and it will send them a message that you used it. And, and when they get that message, they make a, a donation to any number of their um, uh, 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 charities with which they're partnered. And a lot of their charities are focused on providing clean water, uh, things of that nature to folks in developing countries, to people in you know parts of rural America that are that, that are you know not well off that need that kind of support. So it was just a really cool give back component built right in you know right into the pro- the product itself as a reusable bottle is obviously helping um, you know minimize environment environmental impact. The fact that that they manufacture in New York is significantly reducing you know the carbon impact of their products because they're not shipping it from overseas across rail, you know, the whole bit. Um, they're already right here in North America. And then they have this component where they're actually taking action anytime someone uses one of their bottles. So um, I just thought, I thought that that was a really cool uh, kind of sustainability narrative and one that distributors would probably like to tell um, to, uh, to customers who are looking to have their brand associated with, green with sustainability things like that that's great i think that's you know that's certainly a trend that's going to um, maintain in this industry what about you nate yeah for me it wasn't so much like an individual product although there were some cool products i mean and joe haley highlighted some of them on mm-hmm. our thursday morning panel you know including you know just customized you know motorized beverage carts which was really kind of cool yeah um for me, though, what it was more about was wasn't about like an individual like standout product. I'm sure they were out there, but that's going to vary in interest from distributor to distributor. Mine was the fact that when you were show floor, you had signs and you heard constant conversations about I have this in stock right now. Mm-hmm. I can ship this. I can ship a thousand of these. This is ready to ship. And that was, I think, one of the most important things for the show about why people were attending was so it wasn't it's always to find the new exciting product this year. It was really about finding the products that were actually available right now. <laughs> finding what's, what's here. Right. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I'm sure there might've been some standout products, but I don't know that you always know what those standout products are until, you know, six months to a year after they were actually debuted. For me, it was, there was an urgency to a lot of the conversations and, yeah. an, ur- and an urgency to some of the booth designs where they were actually, you know, I said there was signage that says this is available today. 
Um, and that, that, that was, uh, that was, that was what struck me the most about the show floor. Yeah. I love, I love that. That's, you know, well, I don't love that. It's still trending. Cause that means we still have, um, issues with supply chain, but the fact that suppliers are smart enough to know that, Hey, you know, distributors need product, you know, with, you know, that we have, so- that we're sourcing, that we have enough of that they're, they're showcasing that that is, a, that is a product. Hey, we have a product we have in stock. Um, and last year, I think we even discussed the product of the year being whatever's in stock, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> true. Yeah. it wasn't a specific product. You know, I don't think that it didn't win, but we certainly had that conversation about whatever's in stock is going to be the product of the year in 2021. Yeah, um, sure. So let's talk about council awards. I know both of you were at, uh, the council awards the first time that we've had them in Chicago in person since 2019. Can you guys tell us a little bit about the ceremony and some of the highlights? Yeah, sure. It was, um, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was really cool to have, um, you know, that, that award ceremony d- draws some of the most influential people in the industry. Some of the people are heading some of the, you know, the, the, a lot of the top companies. So that just makes it interesting to have that kind of brain trust inside a one room. I, I think, um, prior to the actual ceremony itself, there's a lot of, there's a reception, there's like a cocktail reception and um, there's a lot of, you know, if you want to call it networking or, or just, or just chit chat that goes on. That's, that's pretty interesting given some of who the people are in that room. So I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I, you know, the, as for the, the ceremony itself, um, you know, maybe, maybe one of the standout speeches came from our international person of the year. His name is John Lynch. Uh, he's an American who runs a supplier firm over in Poland, and he's been there for about 30 years now. And um, he's had all kinds of efforts related to bringing aid uh, to, to Ukraine, given you know the horrible conflict that's that's happening there. So just to have his firsthand perspective on some of that was uh, was was pretty interesting. There's any uh, any other number of things? Uh, I'm sure Nate has a few. Oh, I mean the, the event itself. You know, it, it was interesting. I didn't, you know. It's normally held, at, you know, offsite. This year it was held at McCormick Place just because it was the um, uncertainty of what, you know, like up, you know, you have to plan these events six months to eight months in advance, right? So when we were booking this, we decided let's hold it at McCormick. Everybody's going to be there. Let's do it. And it was a great event. Um, the, you know, there were so many worthy award winners. The crowd was packed. People started to arrive before the doors even opened, which is definitely unusual for an event of this stature. Um, as Chris said, you know, the, the award winners um, were incredibly gracious and had incredible stories to tell about how they got to where they were. And it, depending on what the award was, you know, why they, why they do what they did, you know, whether it's giving away to charities or making sure the products are upcycled um, or then just who helped them get to the success in life. All of those things, um, you know, and the, and the crowd um, left there feeling inspired and they also left there um, thrilled to be back together again. The first hour was people walking around just gen- genuine excitement. Yeah, that, I mean, I missed the show. You know, it's the first in-person council award show I've missed since I think 2015. But um, yeah, you know, I, I always enjoy them. Um, you know, I love to hear the speeches. I love to, you know, learn more about the recipients um, you know, and they're always a, a really great time. Um, and I'm glad to see that it's back and it's here to stay. Um, all right. Um, if 
anybody on this call? I mean, when I say anybody, I, you know, anyone else than who, who doesn't have the mic, Maple Ridge Farms, Warwick, if you guys want to add to the conversation, feel free to um, request a mic. But guys, I just got to wrap it up by asking, uh, what did you guys do for fun at the show? <laughs> if you had any time. <laughs> Uh, honestly, not not much. I I just because it was like six a.m. to like ten eleven at night every day work, but like it was, but that in itself was kind of rewarding just because I felt the show was good and you felt like you're in support of a a good and worthy thing. Um, I did get to a nice a nice dinner on Wednesday night with some with some industry people at Joe's uh, Seafood. It's pretty pretty good Chicago haunt. So that was that was nice. What about you, Nate? Yeah, so I mean, as Chris said, you're working. I mean, I'm not, I'm not nearly as magnanimous with Chris saying how rewarding it is when you're working 15 hour days, right? But, <laughs> or 18 hour days. Chris is very magnanimous with that. Um, it was actually fun. My daughter um, is interning with ASI this year, and through like a weird confluence of events, she got to go out to Chicago and help out with the uh, ASI booth, and she was working all day long. But I got to go out to, with din to dinner with her on Wednesday night after the council awards to get some deep, deep dish pizza at Giordano's and walk around Millennium Park. Um, so that was definitely the highlight. And just seeing her, you know, actually in her environment working and um, out on a show floor, that was really cool. That's cool. Did you guys happen over to the uh, Maple Ridge Farms booth? I know they're on the call um, and they kept posting yeah. pictures of all their I, goodies. And I, I did. I did a video with um a real short video uh jody was nice enough to take like a minute and um just kind of go over some some food gift trends that we could expect going into the holiday season and she was like super nice and energetic and uh did a did a quick video from the show floor for us so we'll be we'll be posting that uh, at some point so yeah that that booth is hopping oh my gosh the whole the whole show it seemed there was there was a lot of people crowded around it yeah you know back when i started years ago you know, I never thought food gifts in a promotional product industry would be any good. And my opinion on food gifts in this industry have changed, have done a complete 180. And, you know, now it's like anytime I'm at a show and I see the Maple Ridge Farm food, I, I go over there and I happily sample whatever they've got there. And it's always, it never disappoints. But, gentlemen, thank you for your time. I know you guys are busy. You guys are probably, um, you know, travel fatigued and you're ready to... <laughs> get the weekend started. Nate, I know you're ready to head on down to Outer Banks and I'm jealous. I'd love to go down there as well. Um, it's going to be a hot weekend. Hope you're, you know, spend it in the water. Not just you, know what it's not, you know what it's not going to be doing, Ben? It's not going to be snowing out, so that's better. <laughs> I think that's safe to say uh, anywhere in the Northern Hemisphere. It seems like everywhere is, is really, really hot. Europe too. But uh, anyway, gentlemen, have a great weekend. Nate, have a great um vacation we'll talk to you when you're back in the office in a week or so and uh you know we'll catch you on another uh, promo space thanks, thanks man all right take it easy all right bye-bye